Well, it's good to be here again. Let me get my road map up. Um, the last time I was here, I uh, spoke on uh, writing books in heaven. You all been writing your books? If not, you better get after it. Better get to going in that. I'm going to uh, talk about a lot of things, and hopefully they all connect at the end of the weekend, and it all makes sense. And I could almost start in that scripture where he talked about repentance, and maybe I will in a moment. Um, I just want to tell you that what's happened to us in the last, since I was here last, is we've been doing these meetings that we call revealing meetings. And we, we do an entire weekend, a Friday night and all day Saturday. We have no schedule and we have no speakers. And people are coming from everywhere to hear what God might actually have a chance to say. And people just love it because it flows, it's very deep, it's very fresh, it's very relevant to the moment, and things are happening and no one's doing much. You know what I'm saying? There's no hyping of people, there's no pumping everybody up, there's no you know, all line up and all fall down and all of that. It's just we're building an atmosphere for God to come, and God is coming because we got out of the way. And I can tell you one of the things that happened, just in, not just the last, the last revealing was last Saturday, and I'm going to release something that I released in that meeting that absolutely wrecked my people. They felt they had went into an upper room moment. And that's what I want to bring here tonight. I don't want to bring some pat little thing or I want to bring something fresh to you. I want to bring something that will help you. And what's happened is I, we're, we're tapping into realms in heaven and figuring out how to open them up as a people. And we're seeing God come because of that. And it's beginning to change my people. It's beginning to change what goes on in meetings. Um, and an, an example was this, two revealings ago, we had a, had a uh, six, seven-year-old boy that had a, a major heart problem, and they didn't know what to do to him. And he'd been to three specialists. He came, his mom came from Tennessee to Iowa, came, came to the meeting, and God just, no one prayed for him. God just saturated him in oil. His hair was stuck to his head. He was saturated in oil, and he was walking around in the meeting, and the fragrance was just filling the entire room. And then we prayed for him. <laughs> As if God needed our help. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so she, it took her two months to get back to a specialist, and they were going to do something with his heart, and they went in, and they're like, he has a brand new heart. Everything is new. Don't worry about anything. And they said, we'll see you in five years. And see, that's the kind of atmosphere we should be having as a people of God, and that's what should be going. We shouldn't have to sit here and labor and strive and do some of the things that we do. So I've been on a little journey, and part of it as I'm entering into some of these realms and things are happening, and I'm teaching my people how to enter into these realms. And it all started because God told me to do something. Imagine that. It always starts with God, like, giving us some instruction. And it was very simple because he said, take the word kingdom, which means in the Greek it's basilia, and it means rule and reign and all of this. And it also means realm. And he said, I want you to take the New Testament, go back, and everywhere you see the word kingdom, I want you to put the word realm in. And I want you to start to read your Bible again with the definition of realm and see how it reads to you. And so I started, I started back where it says, repent, for the realm of heaven is at hand. Makes a whole lot different than kingdom, doesn't it? even though it's the same word. It's like it's, when we think of kingdom, we kind of think of like a, a destination or a concept of what we do. And when you think of realm, you're thinking about something in the heavenlies that's came. 
And I went into John, you know, 3.3 or 3.5, and it says, you know, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the realm of God. And he says you've got to be born of water, of the Spirit and of water, to, you know, see into that realm, to come into that realm. So I started re-looking at all of these verses about kingdom and the word realm, and read, I read through the whole, whole, all the scriptures through it, and I started seeing things in a whole different light. And suddenly things started making a whole lot more sense because I thought there was a verse in Ephesians that said, I was seated, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. But yet, how many of us, in all honesty, is that actually real to us? Or that we all actually understand that, or is it a concept, or is it, is it something we'll do one day when we die, or is it, you see, it was like, there are things about the scriptures, because I'm on an authentic journey, I'm trying to come back to what, what is the authenticity of God's word and his intention for us as a people. And, and so I started looking at that, and the Lord, so this weekend, I'll kind of give you the snapshot of the weekend of what God told me to do this weekend. I'm going to talk about realms next, tomorrow night. I'm going to talk in depth about realms, the realms of God, the realms of the Father, the realms of the Son, the realms of heaven. I'm going to talk about what they are, how they work. I'm going to talk about the activity of the realms. I'm going to talk about accessing into those realms. You see, you may not even understand what I say this weekend, and the only way you understand it is you got to get into the realm from which I'm speaking. You can go read my books, and they're full of revelation because the revelation came from another realm. And when you read the book, you go, well, I didn't understand nothing. Well, you got to get into the realm where the book was written. You see, you, you say you met somebody, and don't they look familiar, and you wonder, where did I meet you? And you're wondering, you know, where did I bump into you? You know where you bumped into them? You bumped into them in a realm. You were in a realm and saw them in the spirit. And you didn't realize it. And so we're doing things and not even realizing that we're accessing heavenly things and doing them in the earth. And so I'm going to try to explain that to us, including myself, because every time I'm up here, I learn more, <laughs> which is nice because I sure need it. And I'm going to, and, and, you know, it's going to end, we're going to end with like where I really want us to be when this is finished is to have a really a fresh baptism, a baptism of, of Pentecost, a baptism of fire, a baptism of the spirit, a fresh baptism this weekend that I, I really want to wreck you somehow. You know, I'd really want God to use me to like completely shift you in some areas. So that's, that's kind of the journey that I want to take us on. I felt like the Lord really spoke this to me. To, he actually did. He said, everywhere you go, this is your assignment this year. So I want you to talk on this. I want you to talk on this. I want you to talk on this and get my people out of a worldly mindset and get them into an eternal perspective because they, you are all eternal beings. And so I'm going to talk about a word tonight and I'm going to use the, the Greek of the word on purpose to get you out of a mindset that you have that's detrimental to you. And I'm going to talk about the word metanoia. 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 Does anyone know what the word metanoia means? It, change your mind. Repent. Hmm. So let's look at what it is, because you see, I started contemplating because it said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I did a big journey on this, and I went back to 1870, and I read a lot of documentation by theological professors of the day, and they all came, seven, uh, 27 of them came to the same conclusion that our English word that we use for repentance and how we define it is actually a very poor translation of the original language. And they got into what is the original language trying to convey, and I'm going to tell you something, it's going to warp you. It's going to shift everything about you. It's going to shift how you see God. It's going to shift how you see yourself. It's going to shift all kinds of things. 
because I started asking these questions of why do we have mental limitations? Why can we not live above our circumstance? Why do we struggle with certain aspects? What is stopping us from really doing the stuff we read about? Because something's, something's like a key that unlocks all of it at once. And that's what I went on this journey looking for. So metanoia, meta. Meta means after or beyond. To go beyond. And the word noas at the end of it means mind. It's kind of like this. It's beyond your mind. It's after your mind. It's when your mind can't figure it out and, and your spiritual part of you starts to take charge. That's actually what metanoia means. You see, metanoia, the Latin in the Latin, it's where we get a word that's called penance. You see, what's happened is the original language mistranslated it, and now it becomes penance, which means that there is some sort of act of penance that has to come. This is where the Catholic Church got involved. And now it starts to control you with a sin mentality that you're always looking for your failure and your shortcomings. And that was not what the word meant. And then when we go into the English version of the word, because see, it went from like, what did God really mean? In Hebrew, it means to turn from. And that is literally what John the Baptist came. He said, repent, turn from this to turn to this, the turning of the mind. But then the Greek took it, the Latin took it a certain way in penance. The Greek took it in another way. And then we, as the English version, here's what we made it mean. Sorry. Sorrowful. And that's kind of crazy, isn't it? It means painful. It means regret. Remorse. It's like, and it starts to deal. So what happens when we look at things that we do, we try to change a behavior pattern instead of changing a mindset. And you see, we have to change the mindset to enter into the kingdom. We have to change the mindset to see the kingdom in everything that we're doing. Does that help you? It helps me a lot. So the bulk of all these theologians agreed that metanoia is really a very poor interpretation when we say repent in English because what it does is it makes us focus on our sin and our shortcomings and, and we have sorrow and we're sad and, and we end up with a sin mentality where we see ourselves less than instead of more than. We, it's like we have a hard time. How can I be seated with Christ because I'm full of this? Or I need this shifted. Or I need this problem changed. Or, or I, I, I got to do this certain thing. And you know what we actually come down to? We actually believe we're going to get punished. That a punishment is due us because of our behavior. And yet the word has nothing to do with punishment. Now here's the thing. Metanoia is the word that opens the New Testament. It's the opening line. It's the opening word of the opening line. Repent. Now, metanoia was actually also associated with a proclamation that something was being proclaimed. So it was like, it was literally as if it would be shouted, metanoia, the realms of God are at hand. Boy, does that change that, doesn't it? You see, it was something that we don't want to run from. We want to run to. You see how this starts to really change everything suddenly. And so metanoia, that after the mind or after the understanding, takes us from our understanding to a replacement. So we start thinking about it like this. The unlimited possibilities of God are at hand. How God thinks is at hand. How he wants to do things is at hand. Now, you may not believe me, do you? So let's go back and let's punch in like, 
the definition of repentance. Be sorrowful because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Have regret because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do penance because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You see what happens with definitions? Suddenly those definitions don't make any sense in the original language structure. But look what we have done. We've just received it and said, well, this is what we've got to do. And so really this proclamation is like this. Exchange your mind for his mind because the realm of God is at hand. Metanoia, repentance, has nothing to do with sin and everything to do with how you think. But we've made it all about sin. And what we do is we beat people over the head. You know what? John wasn't, John wasn't really uh, too concerned about it because he said, he came, he came, what did he come? He says, there's the remission of sin. The word remission means the casting away of sin because the kingdom has come, meaning the way God wants to deal with sin is different right now. There's a righteousness. There's a lamb that's going to be slain. There's one that's coming. And he's going to take care of sin in a different way. You're out from under the law. You're living in grace. There's mercy. And what he's going, how he's going to get rid of your sin? He's going to change your mind. You see what's happening? We see our sin and we change our mind instead of allowing God to change our mind about all of it. So suddenly now it all disappears. He wants us to cast it away because there's a new way of thinking that's come. Because forsaking sin does not save you. Trusting God and putting your trust in God is what saves you. You see, in your own willpower, you can go so far. That's why drug addiction, you go so far, and you can't go all the way many times because you've got to have God help you. And that means you have to suddenly change your mind, step into where God, you're trusting him, instead of like trying to deal with your problems. You know what? We're wearing ourselves out dealing with our stuff. And we're not doing the kingdom business because we never got our mind baptized. Somehow I'd like to dunk all our heads. You know what submersion is? What baptism is? It's one vessel being dunked and another vessel until it takes on the nature of the vessel it's being dunked into. It's like I got a, yeah, it's pickling. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, them habanero pickles. Got that t-shirt, my white t-shirt, and I want a red t-shirt, so it's pink. It's hot pink. It's dark pink. It's now red. I keep, I keep after it until it gets it. So it's a submersion, not so much a sprinkle. Why is it a submersion? He wants your head under. He wants to cleanse this noggin. He doesn't want to give it a lobotomy. He wants it to come on with a new nature. A new way of thinking. So he wants us to be baptized. He says, be baptized, be submerged in metanoia. Isn't that different? Because if you don't get baptized, see, it's like, it's like what you, he said in Acts 3.19, wasn't it? Repent for the times of refreshing. Why do people not get refreshed? They don't have a mind shift. They didn't get metanoid. And yet John says, oh, there's one coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Why are we got Holy Ghost and fire? Because we have a mindset that doesn't know what to do with it. We don't have the mind of Christ concerning the fire of God and his spirit to know what he wants to do with it when it comes. Because here's what we'll do. We'll just burn it up for our own entertainment. And it's to send us out to go do the work of the kingdom. So John comes and he says, you know, man, we're going to have to like get baptized from this. This metanoia process has got to occur. And my wife and me have been talking about this. And it's like, why did some of us come in and we went through an unbelievable transformation in a moment and other people came in and they struggled so much? 
Well, I gave my whole heart and I wanted a whole change. I wanted an overhaul. And so what I did is I got rid of my old mindset and I took on a new mindset and I got delivered in 24 hours. I didn't have to struggle and go through these gyrations and all of this. It just happened because I let go. And he literally baptized me. And I, you know, when I got water baptized, I got water baptized in a moss pond. It was 100% moss. And I wanted to be baptized that day. And so we took a rake and we raked a path. And I looked like Jonah when I came out with all kinds of algae hanging on me. But I wanted to be, and that water was green. Green. I bet my clothes probably were dyed. But it was time. I knew it was time to be baptized. I knew that there was a transformation God wanted to do in that moment. And I couldn't wait for another moment. I had to do it. And when I went under, I came out different. And man, we were delivered. And we were free. And we started running. And we started going. And then I saw my other friends struggling. And I never could figure it out until the other day. I'm I'm coming across this, and I'm going, oh my gosh, I had a metanoia. And they didn't get it. They didn't get that fresh dunking to take on the mind of Christ, they hung on to some of it because, you see, when the mind of Christ comes, the nature of Christ comes. And when the nature comes, this stuff can't hang around the mind of the nature. You finally let go of yourself and you give in and say, here I am. I don't know what you're going to do with me, but do something. I'll do whatever you ask of me. I'll just go do it. So it was a submersion into metanoia. I like the word metanoia better than repentance. You know, because we use that word repentance and it just gives us this this yuck. This yuck about my sin. This yuck about... I better skip my stone. So what happens is when you allow a metanoia baptism from God to occur in your life is you end up going into a regeneration of your moral attitudes and way you do things and you also go into a regeneration of intellectually how you see God. You start taking on something that goes into a process that starts getting developed. And this is why it's like, I don't really worry about somebody that's got a problem as long as they're advancing in their relationship with God because God will work their problem out for them. You see? If I get concerned about their problem, I'll highlight the problem and they may get caught in it. Besides that, it's not my job to convict them of their sin. Nor do I have any power to change them. You see, so it's like, why am I doing the work of the Holy Spirit? Who in the world do I think I is? I'm not him. I need to let him do. I'm supposed to just be a messenger. You see, I can't, I can't, as much as I'd like to dunk your heads, baptize you in metanoia today, I can't do it because that's a working of the Holy Spirit all I can do is reveal it to you, and somehow you got to pray it. you got to take a water bottle and dunk yourself or something that gets you into motion with it so that you get a transformation of your mindset. So we've got to, you know, because I, you know, yeah. Luke 13, 3 says, I tell you, nay... But except you metanoia, you shall all likewise perish. Unless you change your mind, you'll perish. I said a prayer. Did you change your mind? Did you take on the mind of Christ? Was there a transformation that went clear through you how you thought? Unless you, I mean, those are the words of Jesus. 
It says in Acts 3.19, repent. That's what Uri opened up with. Repent, metanoia, and be converted. Part of the conversion of salvation isn't just in your heart. It's in your mindset as well. It's getting rid of all that, that wrong thinking of how you see yourself and how you see others. 2 Peter 3.9, he says, um, it's God's will that all should come to metanoia. That all would experience this mind shift, this change. And it's more than just changing your behavior. It's changing how you think about things. Because if you have the wrong mindset, you become guilt-ridden. And you're aware of failure. If you have the right mindset, you know what metanoia actually does? It pushes you into your future. It pushes you into destiny. It pushes you into what you're going to become in God. Because metanoia, the mind of Christ, holds your entire future. Remember the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. As you metanoia, so will you become what you think on. All of this has a huge, huge thing concerning how we enter into the realms of God. Because remember what he said? Metanoia, for the realms of heaven are at hand. And why am I saying all of this tonight? Because I want to see you have a metanoia moment between now and tomorrow night to enter into realms tomorrow night. I want to see you have a metanoia moment where your mind begins to change how you see yourself and the sin mentality that you always see yourself as failing or less than or somebody else is greater than goes away and you see yourself as equal to or that God has a tremendous plan for your life that you're walking into. Inter metanoia introduces you to change, to the ability to change, the empowering to change. It means that your mind is going in the opposite direction. That's where we get the word to think differently, go the other way. But I'll tell you what else it actually means. It means that your mind has went through such a transformation that you actually strike out at the error that you were once believing. See, it doesn't just mean that you walk away from it. It means that you now come back to it and you start confronting it to free other people from it. You see, it has an, it's an entire thing, not a singular thing. And most of us, myself included, I have repented of this, and I've 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 repented of things that I didn't know I needed to repent of because someone told me I needed to repent of it. And I repented of things I invented, and I've repented of things that I was hoping maybe, that was, maybe that's what's holding me back, so I better repent of that. You know, we all do it. Instead of just having a singular moment with God that suddenly I realize I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of Christ. I cast down vain imaginations. I start taking on a new nature. I start thinking a new way. I start doing a new thing. And when it's all said and done, suddenly my sin disappeared. Because I'm thinking a whole different way. I'm not looking for sin. I'm not looking for shortcomings. I'm not looking for these things that would hold me back or stop me. I'm looking for the opportunities to go forward into my destiny. And I'm looking for what he wants to say about me and where he wants to take me and what's going on with all of this. So every time metanoia is used in the Bible, repentance is used, it reveals Christ. Christ is being revealed. The kingdom is being emphasized. It's like we're stepping into something greater than ourselves. See, that's why John the Baptist said, metanoia, the realms of God are at hand, but there's one coming. If you think this baptism something, that your mind got adjusted, wait till I get Holy Ghost and fire coming. There's one coming. And even Jesus is sitting there, and John says, Jesus, you got to baptize me into this. And Jesus says, no, you got to baptize me, John. 
Now you see, if he's being baptized into repentance, is Jesus full of sin? No. I'll answer for you. So what is he having to be baptized or changed into? His mind. He had on humanity's mindset. And he knew it was detrimental. And he says, John, no, you're not getting this, dude. You got to do something. I got to get baptized in this. I got to have a new mindset myself. You see, we think because he was the son of God, he was, you know, poof, he can do everything. No, he had humanity to deal with, emotions to deal with, mindsets to deal with. And he's like, and what does Jesus say when he comes out and he starts his ministry? Metanoia. You got to have a new mindset. What happened when Jesus was baptized? The father says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Was he pleased that he went in the water? Or was he pleased he got a new mindset? When all the apostles and they were preaching and they were talking about people to repent, were they saying, be sorry, have regret, do your penance? Or were they saying, you need to have a new mindset because let me explain to you what's going on right now. Now you think about this, what if we were evangelizing and talking to people in a different way? Because when you say the word repent to them, they instantly think of their sin and they don't, know, they don't need you to point it out, they already know what it is. What they need is an answer of how to get out of it and grace to allow them to get out of it. So what they need is baptism and metanoia. Take on the mind of Christ. and Be free from it. So you see what was happening was uh, the Pharisees were waiting. The Sadducees were waiting. John the Baptist was waiting. Israel was waiting. And they were in not paranoia, which is fear of the mind. They were in what was called no noianoia, poianoia, poianoia. Well, these words make me look crazy. Poianoia, which means probability. You see, we have basically that same mindset today. It's probable that God will do something. It's probable that maybe something will go on. It's probable maybe, you know, this weekend we'll get this. Probable maybe I'll get refreshed this weekend. Probable, but not metanoia. Not knowing. Not going beyond my mind. My mind stopping me. The devil doesn't need to mess with you. You mess with yourself. You mess with your own thinking, your own theology of thinking, your own shortcomings of thinking. The, the possibilities of God are so endless. And then it's like we try to figure it out, and God's like, just let go. See, that's why these meetings, these revealing things we're doing, are like we're out of the picture. And God is in the picture, and he's moving with it. I got a lot of pages of notes. Oh, yeah, let's stop here for a moment. So here comes John. John comes with this weird appearance. And what he was doing is he was capturing people's minds concerning how they saw him. And he comes with this strange message. Can you imagine? You need, to get, you need to get dunked in this here water. That was not typical. That was not a typical thing. So John is setting as an Old Testament prophet with an Old Testament mandate, which is turn ye. Turn ye. Turn ye. Turn ye what? From your sin? They were already turning from their sin. They knew how to take care of their sin problem. He was saying, turn ye from how you think about sin. Turn ye because this, there is a divine moment upon the earth. You see, we are in a divine threshold moment we have to step through. We are in a moment that we as the church have got to think differently about everything concerning everything. Doesn't mean we throw everything out. But it means we revisit how we have been thinking about it and saying, do I really have the mind of Christ concerning this or do I have a doctrine that somebody's told me about? 
Because, see, we are, we are people that live with a second-hand expression and not a first-hand reality or experience. Most people in the church are living through somebody standing up here telling you about something instead of you going and discovering it yourself. If you were discovering it yourself, I wouldn't have to stand up here and tell you. You see? The Holy Spirit will teach you the self-same things in the same hour. He'll bring things to remembrance when you have need of it. So if we were pursuing in and, and saying, you know, all I really want you to get out of this weekend is for you to just to pursue that God would baptize you with his mind. I don't, you know, I don't really, you know, it'd be great if you moved in gifts. It'd be great if you did things. It'd be great. It would, be, it would probably be the best thing we could have if we just had a fresh baptism in our noggin and in our thinking. Because I think it would just change everything that we do. So John brings this message. They're all sitting here waiting. And the message is, here is this good news of the kingdom. Here is this, this that you've been waiting for. Skip my stone. And John starts saying, here's what's going to happen because there's a new mindset. He says, there's going to be children raised up. You can raise these things from Abraham and the rocks. You know, you all know these stories. I'm not going to go back through and read all these stories. He said, I'm going to raise children up that you don't even know how they're going to be raised up. I'm going to sit here, and he said, there's going to be a, a separation that's going to happen of who's carrying fruit, because he said, bring forth fruit met for metanoia. Who has the fruit that shows there's been a new mindset? This is what's going to start to occur in the church. There's going to be people leading people into a whole new way of thinking that's going to produce a whole new way of functioning. And that functioning is going to be fruit that will remain, not fruit for a moment of time. And he's like, there's one coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, but what are you going to do about producing some fruit before he even comes? And he said, there's going to be one that's going to come that's going to bring forth a new type of harvesting. Imagine if we went out here tonight and we started evangelizing, telling people metanoia with a loud proclamation, I don't care about your sin, just change your mindset concerning Christ and the kingdom. Give them an opportunity to change and the Holy Spirit to work with them in the change and move them into a new dimension of things. So this, this metanoia, when it starts coming, here's what it does. It either produces an evolution or it produces a revolution. It starts evolving us, and it starts, revol it starts revolving us. We start taking on a new mindset. Well, let's just skip my stone. Skip, skip, stone. Skip, skip, stone. So, John, we go back to John, back where I kind of started. John 3.3, 3, John 3.5. Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the realm of God. John 3, 5, Jesus answered and said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he can't enter into the realm of God. You see, he, he connects water baptism with entering into the realm, entering into these realms. God's wanting us to enter into these realms. He's, you see, our mind is stopping us tonight. You could probably be sitting there tonight and saying, I can't do that. And I'm telling you, no, that's where God wants you to live. He wants you to get out of this earthly thinking and thinking that it's someday I'm going to do that. No, right now you can do that. Right now you can go into those places in God and you can see things, do things, and experience things. And it's only limited by... If you're going to let your mind talk you out of that moment, or if you're going to allow yourself to say, I have the mind of Christ. So a new conscience comes, a new method comes, a new way comes, and suddenly our mind kind of like gets a reset in God, and then we think differently, we act differently, we function differently, we see differently. And that's, I mean, that's how I am. When I read the verses, I see things differently. I'm just wired like that. That's just my nature. 
So Philippians 2.5. See, I'm going to tell you now some scriptures that I had a hard time with. My whole life, up to about two weeks ago. Yeah, this is a fresh thing, isn't it? I'll be very transparent with you. It's fine. You, hopefully you gather something from it. Let this mind be in you, which was in also in Christ Jesus. Anyone else have trouble with that? Oh, I'm the only one. All right, well, that's good. I'll go ahead and tell on myself then. That's fine. My struggle was, how can I have the same mind? I'm worthless. I'm unworthy. I got all kinds of thoughts. How can I have the same mind? My mind is opposing me. My mind's talking me out of me. My mind's making me look stupid right now as I'm talking. You see what's happening? Now, I know you've all had these dialogues with yourself. I know it. And, I, and I, what I did is I looked at myself as less than, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I'm like, how can I have his mind? And then when this thing started coming alive to me, it was like, oh, I'm supposed to have a baptism into his mind. An actual submersion into the mind of Christ and his thinking to do these things. And, it's, and it goes on, he says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Well, that there stumps me again. How can I be equal with God? Because I'm less than, see, my mind is opposing what my spirit knows. And my spirit knows more than what my mind knows. And in my, in my spirit, it's like, you see, Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am with my mind, I serve my flesh, but with my spirit, I serve God. He's like, I have a battle going on inside of me all the time. And so he died. He says, I die daily. What was he dying daily to? His thinking. How he was processing. Because see, your mind is where all your information goes into, and it's where you process and come to conclusions and set values. And it's where it, it like has so much more control over us than what we want to think it does. And then in 1 Corinthians, here was the other problem scripture. Verse six, uh, 216, for who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ? I was like, oh my gosh. I have the mind of Christ. You know what? I could say that and say that and say that, and I don't think I'm convinced of it. So let me read it again. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? you know what? That is an Old Testament scripture. In the Old Testament, they asked the question, and in the New Testament, they answered, and it said, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind. I think there was a guy called Moses who came to God and said, repent. Don't destroy those people. Because he had the mind of God concerning covenant and relationship of what he was doing in the earth. And it says, and God changed his mind of what he was going to do. He, li he literally could have, it could have went like this. He could have said, metanoia, God. <laughs> My gosh. Don't do that. That's not your thoughts. I know your thoughts. I know what you want to do. You should not destroy those people. You ever think of talking to God like that? You might as well. He's a big boy. He can take it. It'll be okay. Might as well have an honest conversation with him. I've talked like that. I've been very honest with God. And you know what? He'll be very honest with you too. It'll be okay. But we have that mind because we went into a submersion that shifted us. Paul's teachings. Think about all the things that Paul said. Be renewed. Have wisdom and understanding. Be enlightened. You know what I looked at when I started reading everything about Paul? Everything that Paul talked about had a current around it about our mind. 
Everything was dealing with our thoughts. Everything was dealing with, was this renewed? Take every thought captive. Bring it to the obedience of Christ. Christ's mind. Bring it not to the law, not to like you must do this and you got to do that and you can't do that. No. So here's where, here's where it starts to go. You get transformed from your flesh to your spirit. How about the prodigal son? He had a metanoia moment when he said, I'm going to go back to the father. I'm going to go back. My father's going to embrace me. Suddenly he had a metanoia moment that changed his entire life. You know what? Then the father scolds the oldest son and says, you know what? You didn't have a metanoia moment. You could have had all this all along, but you decide you didn't want it. And I think that's almost us. How about the Emmaus Road? The two guys are on the Emmaus Road, and they're traveling along, and then suddenly Jesus opens up the scriptures and speaks to them. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us when we were within him? Our spirits knew something, but my mind didn't know something. And suddenly he opened up this, and all of a sudden my mind engaged, and it's like, oh my gosh, he's the Christ. He's the risen one. He's resurrected. And they're on the Emmaus Road, and they've been traveling, and they had stopped for the night. And, the, and then that day it was full of robbers and full of all kinds of stuff. And they were so excited about the transformation that happened in their thinking. They're like, we got to go back over here and tell the guys he's resurrected. So they go in the dark, travel in the night where there's robbers and stuff, and go in there. And they're like, we had a metanoia moment. Christ has risen. He's here. And they're all like, no, you didn't. Because we didn't have a metanoia moment. We're still thinking like fishermen. We're still fi thinking like a tax collector. We're still thinking like I got to go back to my old ways of doing things because now he's disappeared off the earth. So I don't know what's going on. They were so spiritually dull. You know, you think about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is in this, he's up in this tree. He has a metanoia moment. I'm going to see him. He's going to come to my house. I'm going to entertain him. How about the thief on the cross? He has a metanoia moment. Oh, I know who you are. Oh, yeah. Can I be with you in paradise? Oh, yeah, you can come. You understand this. You understand there was a transformation that happened in your thinking. You recognize me. You see? How about the blind man that was outcast? How about the man at the gate beautiful? I'm just comfortable. How about the woman with the issue of blood? If I just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just get close, I got a metanoia moment going on. All I got to do is be around him and he'll heal me. All I got to do is get my little boy in a car and drive from Tennessee to Des Moines, Iowa and get in a meeting where they just let God go and God's going to heal him. And God says, he, I sure will. Let me dunk him in some oil. Let me baptize his head in oil. Get rid of any thought setting inside this little boy that thinks God won't heal his heart. And God healed him and bam, there he is. It was because somebody had a metanoia moment. They got the mind of Christ concerning what he wanted to do. You think about all the stuff you're faced with, been faced with this week, all the things in life, and you know what? You need a transformation of your mind. A transformation that says, I am somebody to God, and I can do something for him, and I have the mind of Christ concerning these things, period. So let me let the cat out of the bag a little bit. How's that? And then I'll end. So I went on the journey looking for these realms. And here's the other thing I went on. I went looking saying, how do I help people get there? How do I help them get into a realm? And what are the realms I'm leading them into? And I went, of course, back to Revelation 4. And I'm starting to read about John going through an open door. And he goes through this threshold moment. And he steps in. And he's looking around. And he sees the throne. And he sees the sea of glass. And he sees the colors. And he sees all of this stuff. And I'm reading along. And I'm reading along. And then I go over to Revelation chapter 4. And I go chapter 5. And I go to verse 12 saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. And my mind was saying, well, those are words that I describe God with in my worship. 
And those are things that I give to God. And I started studying those words out. And here's what those words actually mean. I started with the word worthy. And we sang it tonight. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Meaning an estimated value, a value placed upon someone because it's so important, so valuable. Worthy was the lamb to receive. Now receive is the key word. Receive means transfer. Receive means to take with the hand and use it at a future time. God isn't taking my worship and my praise and using it. He doesn't need my worship and praise to use it. You know, here's what God said to me. He said, you know what he received? He received the realms that I had for him because he was found worthy. And those realms are the realms that you enter into and you don't even realize it. And you enter into realms of blessing and you enter into realms of glory and you enter into realms of power and you enter into realms of honor. And you enter into these things and you don't even realize it. You're doing things like healing and signs and wonders and miracles that's coming out of the realm of power. And you're, you're, you're blessing and you're seeing God's blessing because God told me a year ago, he said, pray less and bless more because the power of blessing is resting on you. And you're blessing and you're entering into the realm of glory And what he's been trying to work in the church for like five years or longer is honor. Because honor is the realm that opens all other realms. And these are access places that he wants to take us and work in our lives so we understand that when we're praying for somebody, what am I, what am I drawing from from heaven that comes into the earth realm? But I spin back to the beginning and I go, metanoia, the realms of God are at hand. It requires a new mindset. It requires you saying, I can go there because I am seated with him in heavenly places. I can access heavenly things. This will be my portion because it's going to be my portion when I get there. Why would God withhold it until you get there? It's your portion right now. So, of course, you know, as a theologian, I got to go back and go, can I see a pattern in the scripture of these realms? And I went into the book of Acts and I saw a pattern completely laid out where they accessed those realms when they honored one another and honored God. And then they accessed those realms because they had a completely different mindset about each other and about who God was in their life. And suddenly everything was like making sense. So that's my closing. So that's what I want to talk about this weekend with us is what are those realms? How do we get there? But we started this starting grid at the beginning of metanoia. The mindset has to change or you won't get in the journey. You won't get into the realm. You won't, get, you won't be able to get all the way in where you need to go. I've, I have done some things in my life that required my head and my thinking to be put on pause where it would never have accomplished. Never. I've done things in nations that required me to not think it through, but to allow God to let it flow through. And I had to take on his mind to allow allow to be like, because my mind wanted to talk it out, but his mind wanted to ag me on. You know, there's things that God tells you to do and we, we, like, we butt heads on it. <laughs> and we're missing blessing. You read this, you read this, and we want to do this, but do you realize that most of what they did is very contrary to your thinking? Here, let me, let me spit in the ground and smear some mud in your eye. I mean, it's like, Really? 
I saw a guy in a meeting. His brother was there, and he came up, and his brother had back issues, and he said, the Lord told me to kick you like a football, and you'll get healed. Really? The guy said, well, you better do it then. So the guy, like, stuck his rear, and that dude, like, wound up like he's going to kick a field goal. And that dude went in the air like three feet, dropped to the ground, his back was healed. Now, you see, don't do that unless God really is telling you. You know, don't go practice. But see, God will tell us to do things that in our understanding, it's like, that's weird. I'm out witnessing. I'm out on the street witnessing and these, these two girls are walking up, and the Lord said, don't you dare talk to them. I'm out witnessing God. No, don't talk to them. Go right by them. Don't talk to them. So I don't talk to them. They walk by, and I'm like, that is strange. And then they yell at me, hey, what time is it? And I'm like, am I supposed to talk now or what? He goes, tell them what time it is. So I tell them what time it is. And we started dialogue, and we were there an hour talking. They had, in the Lord, I said, what was up with that, God? He said, they needed to be in control, not you. You see, God will tell you things that your mind goes, no, that can't be right. Let me have an argument with you, God. I know better. I've been around the block a little bit. And he goes, no, no, just shut up for a moment. If you had my mind, we wouldn't have this argument. You would know exactly what to do in this situation. We were in, we were in Ivory Coast. All these Muslim soldiers were like checkpointing us everywhere, and they wanted, a, they wanted a bribe, and we said we will not pay a bribe. So you know what we did? We gave them Jesus bumper stickers, and they put them on the rifle butts. <laughs> we came by the next time, and it's like, yeah, you guys go right on through. I got my Jesus bumper sticker on my rifle butt of my gun. It's just like, what? What? You see how this is? It's like, and your mind will go, oh, that can't be. You can't, that won't work. Oh, yeah, it will. It will. Just let God have a chance. Just let him have a little bit of a chance. You get into these things, and then it's like, then you start entering into other things. And I've done things where I got so far in the spirit, I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't know that who I, I didn't know. I like lost myself. And I just let God have full control of the, of the controls. And all kinds of, I was in a meeting. It was so intense. It was when the oil was like dripping out of the ceiling on us. And we were prophesying over people, and we got all done, and I told this prophet, I said, my God, that was a word you gave that guy. I said, you ripped him open. He goes, that wasn't me, that was you. <laughs> what? What? No, that was you. No, that was you. I go, oh my God, what happened? He goes, you were just gone. Gone. <laughs> you see, my mind would have, like, talked me out of it. I can't rip this guy open. I can't do that. I'm a nice person. <laughs> I was like, just get out of the way. Quit trying to think it through. I had a guy come to me. And here's another, you know, God's always telling you to shut up. At least he's telling me to shut up. He's like, I'm in worship. We're at the end of worship. It's it. We ended the night with worship. I preach first, worship second. I'm in worship, and the Lord says this to me. I don't want you wasting your breath. Well, there will not be a return. You're not allowed to speak unless there's a return coming back. I'm like, wow, that's heavy duty. Here comes this guy through the door, comes up. Meeting's closed. We're, we're closing down. We're shutting down. And the Lord says, don't you dare say a word. He's just, 
I'm sorry I'm late, my mama this, my mama that, and he just every excuse, and da-da-da, and he's always late, and he's always late, and I'm shutting everything down, and he don't even, he don't even realize I haven't said a word. He's just running, 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 running his mouth. I'm shutting down, shutting down, shutting lights, shutting lights, locking, 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 going out. We're out in the parking lot now, 20 minutes later. We're out in the parking lot. I'm about ready to get in my car. I haven't said a word to this guy yet. And the Lord says, tell him this, you're nothing but a weak man. What? We're really going to say this to him? He says, tell him. I turned to him, I said, you're nothing but a weak man. What'd you say to me? Lord says, tell him again, he didn't hear. You're nothing but a weak man, I'm going home. I've got my car left. <laughs> I like this kind of counseling. <laughs> he went around everywhere telling people, you know what he told me? I'm nothing but a weak man. I'm nothing but a weak man. Oh my gosh, did it plague him. Three weeks went by. You know, he's always coming in at the end of the service. It's all done. All of a sudden, I'm standing here. It's 20 minutes till launch time. Dude walks in the door, drops to his knees and says, help me. I don't want to be a weak man no more. You see, the, what God had to say to him required my mind to get out of the way for him. And if I had not gotten out of the way and wanted to pacify and, oh, you poor thing and all this, I wouldn't have gave him the word that God wanted to say to him that changed him. You see, we don't have to sit here and do a whole bunch of things with flowery speech to try to convince. We need to have the mind of Christ concerning what he wants to say. Jesus was very much to the point. Very much to the point. And said, this is the way, walk in it. If you don't understand it, go figure it out. I don't need to explain everything to you. You need to get my mind. Go get it. Go get his mind. So that's what I say to you tonight. Get his mind. Get a metanoia baptism of the mind of Christ concerning things in your life. I'll tell you what. Every single thing will change. This is changing my people in an unbelievable way. They are, they're, they are like wrecked right now because they're going through a metamorphosis of their thinking, their approaches, their understanding. It's all happening. And they want, to, they want to enter these realms, but they're realizing they're limited because of how they're thinking. And there's things God wants this group to do in this region that's going to require you to not be thinking about it, but letting your spirit do it through you. And I look at this and say, my gosh, if Jesus had to be baptized in this, why are we not baptized in it? We're wanting to skip a step. We want Holy Ghost and fire to purge out our mind instead of having our mind already purged and have the fire come to ignite our thinking concerning things. You see? Have that fire just do a work in us. Pentecost weekend, I mean, we all want fire, 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 fire. Well, why do you need it? Do you have the understanding of why God comes? So let me pray something over us tonight. Father, I just ask you, God, to do a work in all of us tonight. I don't know, God, how to convey any better than what I've said, but you know, Holy Spirit, how to convey your heart into your people. And Father, may we all have a, a fresh baptism of metanoia where it's not focused on our sin, but it's focused on a new mind in Christ Jesus descending in our thinking and in our thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. And it would free us from all of the baggage we've carried of how we constantly analyze ourselves instead of going forward in you. Father, would you just baptize us? Would you dip us and dip us and dip us and dip us until we take on the nature of Christ and that we take on the, the mind of Christ as well? And our thinking would be different and out of that our approach would be different and the world would know that you came. And that was all you wanted John to do was to show that you had came. And you were going to deal with sin in a new way. So, Father, I just say free your people tonight. 
free him from just being bound by even the word repentance. And God, I know that we need to deal with our sin and our behaviors, but it automatically will fall off if we had your mind. It automatically would disappear. And God, I believe the early church had your mind in such a way. They weren't dealing with these things. Even Peter called out and said, repent and be baptized. Metanoia and be submerged in this thinking. I say, God, let your church be submerged into your thinking. Concerning your kingdom and concerning all of these things. Father, I just bless your people tonight, and I say, God, would you work, work this out between now and tomorrow night, that when we come in tomorrow night, we could enter into these realms and the understanding of it, and that we would not be left behind or feel like we can't grab it. If we had your mind, we'd understand heaven and everything it holds. So I thank you, God, for an eternal perspective that you're bringing in our thinking, our thoughts and actions that will cause your church to be set apart in the days ahead. I thank you for the value of each person here tonight and what they carry in you. And God, that you got a grand plan that's unfolding in the earth and you've placed us in this season to be born into the earth to fulfill that plan. Father, I thank you for the importance that each person holds in this room concerning what you're orchestrating and doing. And God, may we honor each other and what each other carries so that we can enter into those realms and untap those things just like your son did. So Father, I bless your people tonight. May they metanoia through the night even. And may they wake tomorrow knowing that they had an encounter that shifted them. Just keep dunking us, God, until we get it. I thank you for it, Father, and I thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it was good tonight. I just hope you got this. I, you know, to me it's important. It's like, we're, it's like he's resetting us, you know, from the beginning of when we came in. He's kind of like relaunching us getting, us, getting us clear out of a sin mentality into a kingdom thinking, you know, clear into this. I mean, when I, when I looked at this word, I was like, oh, my gosh, have we just created ourselves a problem in how we've approached everything. And... Just be baptized, you know? Think about, think about going out and like preaching on a street corner and like yelling out metanoia, the realms of God are at hand. <laughs> you yell out repentance, your sins are full. <laughs> you got everybody locked in. They're still in that. But when you see, because what it is, the gospel's full of hope. This thing is so full of hope. And to me, the word in English and repentance, how we've used it, takes my hope away. It, it locks me into where I've been, where metanoia takes me to where I need to be. So.